baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Okay, 1015 News Talk 830 WCCO. Obviously, uh, we will continue to monitor the events from Maine. Just an update from law enforcement officials there. 18 people killed, 13 injured in this mass shooting. The suspect, 40-year-old Robert Carr, remains on the loose and serious questions about his mental capacity, mental stability over the last several months uh, will now take the forefront as this investigation continues we covered it the first full hour um and so we're gonna pivot now pivot and because there's other things to talk about and and we're not going to sadly we're not going to come up with any solutions unfortunately not and but as soon as there are any developments we got our eye on it and we will bring them to you but now quick takes chris stapleton will be bringing his nationwide tour to u.s bank stadium next year here's a little chris Stapleton will appear on Saturday, April 6th, performing, oofta, here we go, performing alongside Laney Wilson and Marcus King. Advanced tickets go on sale next Thursday and open to the general public on Friday. Jordana, I know you're not a big country fan, but Chris Stapleton might just reach across the aisle. Would you go? If there were free tickets from CCO, I'd go. I'm not paying. This isn't. He he uh, sounds great. Oh, yeah. This is, like, this is to me, this is. Good country music. This it isn't bro, really good. bro country, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and Marcus King, Laney Wilson, the other two. Marcus King's very, very good too. This is uh, this. I'm circling this one. I will be in attendance wow. for this concert. This is uh, good stuff here. You'll pay. You'll pay money. I will to go. pay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I. I. Uh, my. I mean, if I if I'm given if I'm given free tickets, I won't turn them down. But if I'm not, I will pay to see the show. My concert budget, though, not that there is one, um, has been moved to Lil Yachty for this month because my son, uh, 18th birthday is coming up, wants to see Lil Yachty uh, at the Fillmore. So that's where the concert money. If I was going to one, Wait, and you're going to go with him? I will absolutely not go with Come him. Come on. I will 100% not. The man's going to be 18 years old. He can either go himself or with his friends. But I'm just saying, I hope he's not listening. I'm sure he's not. But for his birthday, that will be a present. Lil Yachty. Adam, what are your thoughts on Lil Yachty? I'm just Googled him. I was not familiar <laughs> with a Lil Yachty, and I'm still not. You were talking about Lil Yachty. Lil, Lil or Lil? Lil? Matt, Lil. chime in. You know Lil, Lil, Lil Yachty? Lil Yachty. This, this is yeah, Matt, yes, who's our social um, media So uh, Lil Yachty I, has made one of the greatest pivots in musical history, in my opinion, with an album he dropped earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And it was such a dramatic change in sound that um, I kind of became a fan. I've always been pretty mild Like on from him. what to what? From really kind of trashy, poppy trap music to something. I mean, the first song sounds like a Pink Floyd song. Really? Like he just went total neo-psychedelica. Really? And it's a phenomenal album. I'm looking it up. So will, yeah. we, will you be going to the concert? Lil Yachty's coming in November. N- no. Okay. No. I will not be going to the concert, but I recommend everyone check out the album he dropped earlier this year. It's one of the best rap albums of the year, if not rap album of the year. So. See, and Maddox was a fan of the old Lil Yachty and now is dying to go to the show because he's so impressed with the new album. 
Oh, really? I mm. mean, it's hard not to be. It's really hard not to be. See, I think now we learned something today. The intro again. The intro track alone is just really? a astounding evolution. For context, you should listen to his previous stuff, and then you should listen to this. I love new that. album. I love that. By the way, when any artist totally reinvents themselves and does I something do totally different. And yet Bravo. fans love it. Yeah. You know, I, I love the open mindedness. Yeah, they're taking the a chance. Too. They're taking a chance by doing that. They're not just yelling, play the old stuff. Yeah. They're hearing the new stuff. By the way, that's Matt Gundrum, our yes. uh, digital content producer here. Yeah, yeah I'm a it. huge music nerd. So as soon as as soon as I heard the Lil Yachty discussion, I had to jump on because he's one of the of biggest music stories of the year. Right, so, okay, maybe Matt could take Maddox because I'm not going. <laughs> I'm playing a little. Yachty, a little little Yachty, little Yachty right now, but uh, every single track is explicit, so we're oh. going to keep that potted down for now. <laughs> <laughs> the 105-year-old 3rd Avenue Bridge located just upstream uh, stream of St. Anthony Falls here in Minneapolis is expected to reopen Saturday after, get this, nearly two years of closure. The bridge over the Mississippi on the edge of downtown was closed in January of 2021 for various repairs and improvements, including the addition of a 13-foot-wide pedestrian and bike path on both sides of the bridge. This is a bridge, Adam, that's located just a half a mile from here, the 3rd Avenue Bridge. Um, my question is, I mean, I think it's great. We need to improve our bridges. I love a bike path. Two years. Yeah, we're a little sensitive in this town to bridges that work. Two, two years. Oh, two years. Two years too long to fix that bridge. Uh, no. If they got to do it right, they got to do it right. They and the older bridges probably take long. Uh, fun fact about when the pandemic hit and nobody was working downtown, I used to, instead of a lunch break, I would go jogging in downtown Minneapolis. Good for you. It was so cool to be able to jog around downtown Minneapolis, mm-hmm. not worry about, you know, cars. Mm-hmm. But I would jog down and I'd go across the Third Avenue Bridge down to the other side mm-hmm. and jog back. Mm-hmm. And it was a great little jog mm-hmm. but so yeah uh, i'm glad that bridge is back uh and yeah you, you can't progress yeah but we get frustrated with yeah closures and things but mm-hmm. uh as long as the bridge is fortified mm-hmm. so it continues yeah. to stand i'm all for it i think uh, w- w- one of the no fun... shortcuts when it comes to yes, bridges. No... Fair enough. uh one of the fun routes to do from downtown here is to cross the Stone Arch Bridge yes. and go mm-hmm. up to St. Anthony Main and then come back on the 3rd Avenue Bridge. And, and another little... clo- they're going to close the Stone well, Arch Well, I know. Bridge that's now, the right? problem is that they're going to close that. It's going to be another few years of Well, well at least they closure. do it in sections so yes. we can still get, get to where we need to yes. go. <laughs> more and more travelers are turning to AI to help plan their vacations. Some travelers are using ChatGPT. Others are going to tools... Uh, other AI tools like Vacay Chatbot and iPlan AI. Jordana, are you ready to let AI help you plan a vacation? No, I'm, I'm not because, as you know, I use AI all, all the time here on the show, uh-huh. and it's often wrong. It's often, you know, incorrect, even though BARD, which is Google's AI, which I prefer, is, you know, supposed to be hooked up to real-time Internet. So I know that these are apps specifically for travel, which I think probably are a little more useful than just putting it into a ChatGPT or Bard. But um, I wouldn't trust that the hotels are still 
uh, up and running that I, I, I don't necessarily think I would trust that the information that I got is accurate. I would either have to call or get recommendations or plan it myself. I'm, I'm not ready for that. Well, yet. it's not like the AI books the hotel for you. You just go on and you say, hey, AI, I'm going to be in Seattle from this day to this day. Uh, Check out the space help needle. Me out what, and then AI Nobody would create knows about itinerary. The space that you'd needle. still have to go execute it. You'd still have to go book the hotel and reserve the tickets. It would just do sort of the planning and the brainstorming and the – Cultivating ideas. Well, you didn't of what say you that. Do. You said planning travel. So I'm thinking booking airline tickets, David. Oh, no, it's not that. It's like creating an idea. It's like, oh, it's like, what should I do? I've got three days in Seattle. Uh, yeah, Give for, me a plan. Sure. Here, here's some ideas for lunch. Try this place or try this place or, hey, what's your budget? That makes perfect sense as long as they're just suggestions. But again, if you're using AI, I would always make sure that I called ahead and said, are you still in business? Yeah. Are you are you still at that same location? Yeah. Because some Based of that information. Based on your football report you gave <laughs> us this week, that's a smart idea. When exactly. It's a, Void was still the tight end of the Vikings. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. So that's no, why but I'm I, always skeptical, and you should always do your own work. Never just trust that, look, that, AI. That, that's the just. It's the next advancement in how we mm-hmm. use the internet mm-hmm. in plan, planning vacation. Mm-hmm. It's it's revolutionized how. Like if I have a trip planned now, I do so much research on the internet, and it's fun to do. You can watch YouTube videos of places to go, so mm-hmm. you have a, you have an idea once you get there, even though you've never been to a town before. Mm-hmm. You've kind of got an idea of uh, where to go and what to do. It's very cool, and I think this is just the next evolution of that. That's what travel bloggers do, also. Yeah. You know, they people write about this all the time. I understand AI maybe is distilling it, but uh, there are people out there that do this. Uh, the Wolves kicked off their season last night. It was a 97-94 loss to the Raptors in their first game of the season. The Wolves, on, Wolves shot a miserable 34% from the field. Now, Adam, uh, you weren't here yesterday, so I couldn't get your official season prediction before the season. But after one game here, I want to know, and, and here's the deal. Two seasons ago, the Wolves were the eighth seed in the playoffs. Last year, they improved to the seventh seed What's your official prediction in terms of where they will finish at the end of the season? The, the bottom line is, and uh, yes, we don't have the Wolves on uh, CCO radio anymore. It's uh, too oh. bad, but they moved. But I did sample little Wolves on the radio last night on their new home on uh, The Fan. And our, our guy, Alan Horton, still the voice of the Wolves, very nice guy. Great guy. But he was pointing out during the broadcast, the just if they could have won five, six, seven, eight more games against bad teams, so teams that didn't make the playoffs last year, they could have been as high as like a four seed in the West. And it's like though that's the difference. Those games, when they're playing bad teams, they have to win more of those games, and that'll make all the world. Are we ready to throw away the season because of one loss? Of course not. The streak in uh, Toronto is it's remarkable. It's been many, 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 many years since they've won in Toronto. Uh, so, but no, I think, I think there'll be a mid-level, you know, three, four to six seed in the West when all is said and done. I know that's a very broad statement, but that extends my NBA knowledge. Well, so but you think they're going to improve? They were the seventh seed last year. Yes, they'll be, be higher than a seventh okay. seed this year. What he said, based on zero uh, NBA knowledge. What he said. Yeah. Yeah. Good prediction, Jor. I'm going to hold you to that. Thank you. So, uh, technically, should we just do a uh, longer break here and then do uh, traffic? Let's, let's this do a is planning an, meeting on the air. On-air yeah, show meeting. It is, yes. Because we want to mm-hmm. talk about how the Gen Xers, mm-hmm. or no, the Gen Zers. The Gen Zers. They're not into sex. What's nope. up with that? I know, right? Um, and I'm we... an advocate for more sex. And they're like, no. Well, who isn't? <laughs>
I guess the Gen Z. I guess Gen Z. Like, what's going on? Let's find out why. We'll have that discussion coming up at 1035. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Oh, yeah. Some baby-making music right here. Right? Don't you think? <laughs> Big bell bottoms. Like, I don't think Gen X or Z... Yeah, is they don't get know about going. this. They, they don't, don't know, know about anything. About night fever. They don't know about Danny Terry. They don't have night disco fever. dancing. Yeah. I mean, now it's about grinding or just sort of like jumping up and down at concerts. But uh, we're talking about Gen Z. And when I saw this study, I was like, hmm, really? So apparently Gen Z wants to see less sex on their screen. They want to see less romantic relationships on their screens and more about friendship and platonic relationships. This is an actual study. This isn't that Jordana made this up or talked to her kids about it, although I did talk to my kids about it. Uh, Young people age 13 to 24, this is it. It's a new study out of UCLA. All right, the study's called Teens and Screens. All right, 1,500 young people, that is a good amount, um, said they don't want to see topics related to sex and romance specifically, but more about friendship, and more platonic relationships. That's it. They say romance in media is overused. Uh, so they want to see, like I said, more platonic know, relationships. Right. They said sex is not necessary. Half of them say sex is not necessary to the majority of TV shows and movie plots. Now, like, isn't that why we used to watch movies and certain TV shows when we uh, were speaking kids? Speaking as a young adolescent <laughs> boy, uh, that would be a yes, okay? <laughs> Let me tell you something about young Adam Carter. Uh, When I still remember getting cable television. Remember, like, everybody got cable television? The black box and the remote. Of course. Yes. And we got uh, cable. And I think the original package that the Carter household ordered had both HBO and Cinemax. Oh, Skinemax. Let me tell you something. When uh, Adam discovered Cinemax, especially on the the later, late in the evening, that was something else. Okay? So... I, okay, what kind of stuff were they showing you? Was it real nudity or was it like oh, just yeah. – Oh, it, it was, was. Borderline soft pornography. We didn't have Skinamax in my house. That, well, it was short-lived in our house too. Okay. I think when Bob and Cheryl realized <laughs> that the Red Shoe Diaries kept playing over and over. Oh, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> people of a certain age know the Red Shoe Diaries. Oh, God. Uh, but, okay, if you look at the age group, though, I'm take, taking this study. I mean, mm-hmm. Gen Z, both my kids are Gen Zers. Mm-hmm. It's All a, three of mine are. 11 mm-hmm. to 26. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm glad that like 11 through 15 aren't thinking about right. sex. Yeah, don't have sex then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially for the father of two girls. Correct. Who are Gen Zers. But that being said, it's natural in high school to start thinking about sex. Of course. And I guess it was natural for me to seek out ways to... Look, look mm-hmm. at, you know. Of course. Uh, everyone was. was stealing their dad's Playboys or, I mean, come on. That was like a thing when when people were kids, certainly in the 80s and definitely in the 90s. People, although in the 80s, we had the, uh, or excuse me, in the 90s, you know, we had the the AIDS crisis in the early 2000s. So I think it was 
people were really dialing back the times of the hippies throwing it all around on college campuses. I think it did sort of yeah. die down. Now there might be less fear, but kids are just less interested in seeing that. They they claim, according to the you study, they want to see their own lives. And we all know they're having less sex. I, I think I know why. Hmm. Uh, and you can agree with me or disagree with me, but here, here we go. The reason I think they don't is because it's everywhere. Everywhere. And kids want mm-hmm. what they can't have. You want what it was what people are restricting from you. Mm-hmm. So if you can go on any channel now or go on any website and see sex or I mean you look at the the soap operas mm-hmm. that they play every once in a while you look up like my god they can get porn really on going their phones. At it. They can That's get actual saying. porn on their phones. So that they are recoiling and saying, "Well, it's there, and mm-hmm. but we don't want to see it." I think that's absolutely why. I I think bingo. I think you just hit it because and this study you were talking about, Jordana, was about uh, TV and film. Mm-hmm. And the appetite for sexuality in those products. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, in the last 20 years, there was a big appetite for that. You think back to like Wedding Crashers and The Hangover and there's all sorts of movies like that. And movies like that became very popular and they were very sexual. But now that's become formulaic. Like there's a yep. new raunchy comedy out every other weekend and it's so accessible. And I think, like you said, Adam, uh, young people want something new, something different. And in this case, it's not the cheap thrill of those movies it's something substantive i guess i also believe that it is the fact that they get their dopamine and they get their rushes elsewhere it used to be you you know sex was what though social media they get it from social media they get their dopamine hits from likes or popularity or watching funny videos they are constantly, and by the way, in communication with their friends or if they have a girlfriend, which a lot of people are delaying even relationships until college. A lot of these teenagers don't have like their first boyfriend or girlfriend until college. But they feel they don't necessarily need sex because they're getting a sense of closeness, a sense of relationship, a sense of intimacy through their phones. And I'm not saying that this is a bad thing. You know, they are in constant contact with their friends because they can text all night. They can snap each other all night. They can lay in bed together and, you know, either say nice things or be sweet or whatever they're doing in bed together. But, um, you know, on their phones, while they're on their phones, I believe they have an increased sense of intimacy because of the constant connection they have through technology. So I feel like they need less physicality. And this is a theory of mine, but it is true that they are having less sex. So I've been thinking yes. about it. I mean, that, that's a fact. And they're also not only do they want to see less sex in movies, they're having less sex in their lives. They're doing less drugs because they're getting their dopamine from likes. Okay. Uh, that sounds like it's a good thing. And you think that's a good thing? Um, I think if, yes, it I'm not, cuts, I'm... Yeah, if it cuts down on harmful behaviors, i.e. drugs to get dopamine or certainly unprotected sex or unwanted pregnancies or sexually transmitted I diseases, absolutely. I, You know, sex should be with – it's not something you just do to get done when you're 15. As sex is, a well, in my opinion, something that should be uh, respected. And, yeah, if it is delaying it or having them be more thoughtful about it, then, yes, I, I'm fine with if that. If that's the case. If that's the case. But – at the same time, I think that is it's substituting for something, and I don't want to be like the old back in my day. This was all great, but 
there was something to that though. There's something to having a, a first love, having being interested in somebody, having feelings that you've never had before. Mm-hmm. For being somebody. in the back of your Camaro trying to get the condom out. For me, it was an L- LTD. And no, I didn't have any condoms involved. I hope no, you I practiced did. safe sex. Okay. That, that, and the, but this was much earlier than that. This is way before you're thinking about that, though. It's mm. even like kissing somebody. Like, mm. ooh, I have I have feelings for some this person that I've never felt before. Mm-hmm. And I don't want phones or uh, TikTok or whatever it is to substitute for that. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you. And I don't know how the kissing or the hooking up, you know, not up up until the sex part. I'm not sure. I don't know the studies on that, if they're doing that more or less or not. But we do know they're having less sex. Uh, Does that mean they're having less of what leads up to sex? I don't know the answer to that. I think there's still plenty of that, you know, um, at summer camp behind bunk 13. Mm -hmm. That's from personal experience. I hope so. Yeah, I I think there is some of that. No, I'm not advocating, uh, yeah, kids should be having sex and exploring. Mm -hmm. No, but there's something to the the, the growing up and having those feelings for the first time. And I mean, that's a magical time. I agree. It's also a frightening time and an embarrassing time. Yes. But that's what uh, builds you up as as a person becoming an adult. Someone texted, current generation just thinks of sex differently. It is not as important. Okay. Maybe less of a rite of passage. Maybe they have different rites of passage uh, that they're they're looking at. But you know what? Again, sex can lead to unwanted pregnancies. It can lead to life changes. So I think if they are delaying it, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Again, once you are in a committed relationship and you're a grown-up, have tons of sex all the time. All – Go nuts. But consensual sex, of course. But um, if they are wanting to see it less, certainly in movies, I'm not opposed to that. And the study, in fact, says they want to see more relationships that reflect themselves. They want to see more friendships, you know, deeper interpersonal relationships or platonic relationships. And I was like, yes. You guys well, and these know. kids are very that's, smarter that's beyond their years. That's real. Yeah. And they want to delve deep into friendships. And I'm like, yeah, sex is just a, a cheap way to get people to watch stuff. Or it has been in the past because it's been so taboo because we're so prudish in this country. Yeah. Uh, now maybe the availability of it has made it less taboo, which I think is okay. And, uh, you know, they're looking for something deeper than just cheap sex on the screen. Jane is in St. Paul, who's called in on the City's One Plumbing Talk and Text Line. Jane, uh, jump on in here. What do you think of these kids and their uh, their different views on what well, used to be taboo? This is an old lady talk. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> um, I think uh, they figured out that sex for sex sake isn't as fulfilling or um, rewarding <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> They're looking for the more emotional connection so that the sex can have more um meaning and um enhance their relationship i've often thought that you know and i watch a soap opera i watch the same one jordana uh, the beautiful baby that's right yep. thanks jane yep b and b anyway um i just kind of feel like it's um sex for sex sake doesn't just have it anymore they're, they're they want more they want more of an emotional connection, and you can't have it if it's a one-night stand or whatever. You need that um, relationship that develops over time. 
All right, Jane. Wait, hold on, well, hold Jane. On. So when yeah. Hope and Thomas were going at it in the design studio at Forrester Creations on Bold and the Beautiful, even I was like, all right, enough already. Stop wasting my time. Get back to the plot. Right? Did you feel I the mean, same way? It just, Oh, absolutely. It just happens to happen. You know, I, I just... Um, I, I have a different yeah. view of things because my husband lives now in memory care. And when I think back about our relationship, I think about the um, more, not so much about the sexual part of it, which was wonderful, but I think more of the emotional connection that yeah. we had. Yeah, of course. Thank Jane, you, Jane. Thank you. Uh, something to be said for getting it on in a, like a storage closet, though. I mean, there's a, that, <laughs> well, that's you know? was that used that was the soap opera. Like that's what they're doing. They're all having sex couple, at work. Gotta have a couple of those experiences, right, like Grey's Anatomy, too. right? Grey's Anatomy. Everybody was having sex in like the medical closets, yeah. or what? I mean, everybody loved that about Grey's Anatomy. There is something to be said, though. Like we talked about this before too, about how there are certain shows where it's like you know, okay, I should, if I'm watching Fifty Shades of Grey, I know that there's going to be some sex involved in that movie. Some, but there's other shows where it's like, I, the older I get, yes, like it's like, okay, why are they throwing down here? Right. We don't need this. Mm-hmm. And less is more too. Still, when it comes to you know romance and sex mm-hmm. and those scenes, I think leaving you with the imagination there is more than you know seeing it all. Six five one four six one nine two two six. We'll take a break. Keep the. Uh, Keep the conversation going. I got a quiz for you, by the way. I got sex. Oh, no, I don't have that kind of quiz. But I do have a quiz for you about uh, some news stories that were in the news. We'll do a little true false. See if Adam Carter's been paying attention next. 1051, that is your Lindus construction time. Time to invest in Infinity for Marvin Windows. Receive 50% off installation labor. Have you been keeping up with uh, some pop culture and some weird news? Uh, Sure. True or false? All right, play okay, along at home. this is easy. True or false? True or false? All right. Kurt Cobain's daughter, may he rest in peace, True. Ha- has t- married Tony Hawk's son. We talked about this yesterday. Thank you. Oh, you did on Chad's show. On Chad's show, yeah. I was like, okay. I had no idea. I wasn't until, there. I had no idea until uh, Charlie told me that. But yeah, Charlie's good on up on the, the pop culture. Yeah. So that's like a, a Gen X marriage made in heaven. Yeah, sweet. Because Kurt Cobain's daughter, yes, married Francis Tony Bean. Hawk's son. I remember when she was born. I do, too. I remember when she was born. Mm-hmm. And her mother, Courtney Love, had the band Hole. Hole. Fantastic. I loved Hole. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, you said that because so the reason this came up yesterday as I'm pivoting uh, is because tra- <laughs> that's going on the thing. Um, Charlie played a theme and he played Nirvana and then Hole? he played Hole. Yeah. yeah and I didn't, know, I didn't know it was Hole, yeah. but my wife loves Hole, too. I'm not going to say... Oh. She texted me and said, I love Hole. I can't. And I, I forgot that that was the name of Courtney Love's band. Oh, I remember. You know, you people are sick. I can't. You people are so we sick. We needed some comic relief. Oh, so good. You people are sick. I cannot. Um, yes. And, and I'm, I'm not going to say they were a great band. I don't know that they had longevity or they had so many hits, but some of those songs were rocking. So I did appreciate. And people always made fun of Courtney Love. Uh, that she's only famous because of Kurt, and who knows, but she did have some great songs. So that was fun. Um, mm. Okay, here we go. Leonardo DiCaprio wore butt padding <laughs> to get spanked by Robert De Niro in the new movie Killers of the Flower Moon, That's which it. I haven't seen yet. I so haven't seen it yet I either. Seen I'm very spanking. excited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say yes. Yes. Yeah, that is not? correct. Pad that is up. absolutely true. 
But on that note, like I've, mm-hmm. you know how we have the the ads that are automatically pop up in our, whether we're on Facebook or whatever, yeah. catered ads. Yeah, and I we have buy one, all the crap. I have one for underwear that have that has padded buttocks, and I'm wondering, did I say something about? Is Wait, it suggesting? Male? Yes. Male oh yeah, this is like a butt booster. Wait, is that C- for appearances or for comfort? Come on. I think it's probably sure for it's appearances. appearances. Yeah. Come on, they sell that for men. Of course. Well, you think you don't think so? How do they look? I mean, did, I mean, I'm I sure you've tried them. Bought them. You got it. They, they haven't come yet. No. They haven't arrived. No. <laughs> I might have to buy that for you for Christmas. Uh, Google Maps is it true or false, Adam? <laughs> Google Maps is testing a feature that includes bathroom door codes for restaurants. Yes. Oh, they should. Isn't that a great idea? Bathroom door codes. And I don't know how they would do this, but like if you're walking around a city uh, and you need to use a bathroom and you don't know where to go. I mean, again, I don't know how like maybe a restaurant, maybe they would make money off of this. I don't know how it would well, work. It's the old idea. Right? If we remember when you used to go to the gas station, they'd give you the key the that's key. on a big, Correct. long uh, Correct. hockey stick or whatever it would be mm-hmm. on. And you'd have to use the bathroom. and You'd have to go outside and around. So this is a good idea. I agree that this is a good idea. Right. Uh, okay. Herds of wild javelinas keep ripping apart an Arizona golf course despite its best effort to stop them. Uh, it's got to be true because there's no way you just come up with javelinas. Okay. The reason, by the way, have you seen the Axios favorite mythical creature? Uh, they're doing a like a, a bracket favorite oh. mythical creature. And by the way, the New Jersey Devil lost in the first round. And I'm super disappointed because the New Jersey Devil obviously is my favorite mythical creature uh, because Wait Bigfoot is, is not a mythical creature because Bigfoot is real. So there's a real – there's a New Jersey Devil. There's a – I thought that's not just the hockey team. There's a – Oh, no. That's why they're named the New Jersey Devils. Oh, my goodness. I had no idea. Yes, the New Jersey Devils lives in the Pine Barrens of oh, New Jersey sure. down yep. south. And he used to come and eat small babies. Oh. Oh, yeah. Pleasant. Of course. The yep. New Jersey – yes. So, I mean, Axios took liberties and said that he wasn't real and they're doing this fun little – Quiz, but I didn't know that javelinas were real. What what are javelinas? It's like a hog. It's like a wild hog. And they wander around Arizona, and that's okay with everybody. Uh, skunk pig, they call a medium sized pig like undulate of the family. I can't even say that. But they're, yeah, wow. there's. Can you shoot them? I'm sure they do have javelina hunting. I'm sure you eat them. Uh, pork is pork. Javelinas. I thought for sure javelinas was a mythical creature, but it's not. That's why I threw it in there because I was hoping to fool you, mm-hmm. but yet I did not. You did. Re- oh, you didn't do that well. You got a 75%. 75%. 75%. What do you mean not That's that a well. C. No. Is it? Yeah. It's weak. There's it's only four weak. questions. It's either an A or a C. Yeah. No, it's B. Oh, we're done already? Yeah. That's oh, that's it. it. I only had four questions. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Well, we got to get off the air. My goodness, it's definitely time. Uh, when we get back, we will have an update, as you will, in the national news on that devastating shooting and Dear Jordana at 1135. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.